Oh, sports hip hop with DJ Mad Max. We have the one and only K Shade joining me here on the show here tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Congratulations. <laughs> Recovering. Recovering. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. Congratulations on your newest album, Jukebox, available on all music platforms. We should go check it out. How are you feeling about it? Um, I'm loving it. Um, this is my first solo project that I've dropped. So I'm really excited. The numbers are doing great. Um, I can just, you know, wipe my hands. So I'm like, okay, it's done. It's out. Okay, now it's time to start putting out more music. So it's very exciting. This was the confidence booster for your career than the move on. This is, that's what it sounds like to me. Definitely. Yeah. Shame on Us is my favorite song. I think you start off the project very strong with that one. Thank you. Inspired by Drake himself. <laughs> very inspired. Um, doing an intro was like different for me. So um, I enjoyed it. That was actually the first song that I wrote um, pertaining to this project as well. So that's why we chose it to be the first song. I'm curious for the title of Jukebox. What made you call the album Jukebox? Jukebox. Um, I call the album Jukebox because I felt like when you go and you play songs from a jukebox, there's all different types of genres. There's all different types of flavors. And I felt like Jukebox showed three different sides of K-Shaday, um, from the R&B to the hip hop to the more pop style music. Um, it showed a variety of different genres. So that's why I call it Jukebox. Mm -hmm pipe down remind you you could spit some bars and sing have you thought about releasing a just a straight r&b album in the future because you really showcase your vocals on this debut definitely um i'll do it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was something i had in mind and um i wanted to do maybe like an a and b side like strictly r&b strictly rap on the other side i love r&b i started from r&b um of course, rap is new to me the past like two year, years, two years, right? going on two years, rap has been new to me, but I mean, why not? I love it because um, I feel like people like Nicki Minaj set a blueprint and it was the, the, um, what do I want to say? I feel like when she gave out the blueprint, she was showing female artists how to not stay boxed in, in one type of sound. If you have the ability to branch out and do different things, um, even someone I saw what yes uh, yesterday he was doing the challenge. Uh, what is his name? Joiner Lucas. Joiner Lucas. I've known Joiner Lucas to be a rapper, but when I saw him sing, it just wowed the heck out of me. I said, "What he can sing? No, he can sing, sing." Um, and of course, it's just not. It's just about not being kept in that one box, like. Forget what everybody's saying. That's why I appreciate Lotto when when Lotto wants to mix it up. One of my favorite songs from Lotto is actually a uh, long way. Mm -hmm. And um, if you ask if you ask a few people, they may not feel it as much. But because I because I see the talent in her and how she can not be boxed in and branch out and try new things, I think that makes a wonderful freaking female artist. I think so too. And you show that you're so creative on this new debut here. What's next with the new album now that you have it released? Are you planning a tour or a jukebox tour, even though COVID's pretty rampant right now? But I know a lot of artists are going back out on tour. Yes, uh, COVID is definitely rampant. Yeah. I got COVID during Thanksgiving. Oh, and no. I was supposed to shoot all of these videos 
um, the following week of Thanksgiving and I couldn't shoot them. So it put me behind schedule a lot because I wanted to also put out a project for Christmas. So everything's being pushed forward. And um, I definitely want to put out some visuals. I'm really just looking at the numbers and seeing which songs that people love the most right now. And it kind of like fluctuates uh, every week now um, of the top three songs that people like. So um, I would say within the next week, I plan on going ahead, knocking out these visuals and putting out some visuals with the project and also starting to uh, wrap up on some visuals for some new singles that I want to drop in the beginning of the year. What song can your fans look forward to seeing you drop a visual for first? I am indecisive between Girls Next Door and Tell Me Now. Mm -hmm. uh, Tell Me Now seems to have the most streams right now. And I'm starting to see a lot of new fans who weren't following me before, you know, DM me and tell me how much they love Girls Next Door um, because it's different. So um, definitely aiming for one of those two. That's going to be fire. And when it drops, the numbers are going to go up. I, I remember reading online that you signed with Gucci Mane. Are you still signed with him? Because I know there were things that you were doing independently that you wanted to reinvent yourself and expand your own brand. Sure. Um, I'm not. You're not. Okay. I have been free. <laughs> free for most of this year, actually. I've been free for most of this year. Um, you know, I thank Gucci for the opportunities and Hell, I mean, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't really, I don't think I would be doing this right now. You know, I was I was headed down the roads where I had just finished um, graduating from UW Law and I just retired out of the military. And um, I spent so much time in school and work away from my son. And last year, well, 2020 was my year for me to uh, make up for all that lost time of me, you know, having training and being in the army and being in law school and make up for that um, missed time I had with my son. So when I got signed, um, it, it, I, I kid you not, I was definitely thinking about not taking that deal because I had spent so much time away from my son and I was like, okay, now you get the opportunity to live your dream. Like you've literally done everything that you wanted to do career-wise. And now you get to sit back. So are you going to go and, you know, take advantage of that opportunity? And I said, I may never get this chance ever again. Um, I love the fact that I really wouldn't change it for nothing in this world to sign with anybody else um, besides Gucci because of, uh, because of his, his, he's an OG everybody knows Gucci mm -hmm. so me I'm thinking if everybody knows Gucci as soon as Gucci posts me everybody gonna, everybody's gonna know me um there's people I don't even know that know me and, and uh, I just thank him for the opportunities I mean it was it was amazing um shout out to the whole Newton Center team shout out to the new members they're they're awesome as well and um yeah, everybody's just doing their own thing now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you did a song with Jihad Ward from the Ravens, and this was the song I believe that Gucci Mane discovered you because he posted it on his page. He did? I think I a Jihad Ward from the Ravens. Oh, Jihad. Yeah. Yes, my sweet Jihad. Um, yes, see, that was random. 
Um, I had just moved to Atlanta and he had hit me up. He was like, hey, let's do this song. Um, Where you at? I I told him I was in Atlanta. He was like, okay, cool. Come Come to Dallas. So I was literally in Atlanta. This is when I first got to Atlanta and I was there by myself, you know, COVID had just started happening and I was only there in Atlanta for two days. And he was just like, fly out tomorrow. So I just got on a plane, flew out. We hopped in the studio with my boy, DJ Monster. He's a, a dope DJ out here in Houston. And um, we recorded that song and yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun because I had never done any, I wouldn't call it ratchet, but I hadn't done any like, you know, talk my shit, sexy type of vibes um, when it came to rapping. So that was definitely definitely new to me. I want to get into your whole beginnings and your backstory growing up in San Antonio, Texas. I know you said that the food is great out there, but tell me how was life growing up there? I know you had some strict parents that made you do push-ups as punishment. They eventually yeah. kicked you out. You had three jobs. You went into the military. But how was life growing up in San Antonio? Um, hot. <laughs> Very hot. Um. Uh, I mean, I love, I love it. I, I love San Antonio and things have changed now, but you know, when I was living in San Antonio, I did boys and girls club. I did, you know, step team and, um, my, some of my best friends, they were my backup dancers and, uh, they were just like some of my biggest supporters. My mom was, has always been a big supporter of my music. Um, my dad, he supports me from a distance even though we lived in the same household, but he's more of like, he, he was military. So of course, like I had said before, very strict household. I didn't really do much um, growing up. I wasn't really able to participate in a lot of extracurricular activities. Uh, it was always books, 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 come home. Uh, Cause both of my parents worked full-time jobs. And um, when, they were working and I was home. I had to babysit because I'm the oldest of three sisters. And uh, I mean, I love Texas, Texas. College parties, underage drinking. <laughs> 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 um, my mom, look, my mom last year, she asked me a question when she came to Atlanta to come pick up my son when I first got signed with Gucci. And she said, um, so who's been putting water in the sky bottle of vodka? Mind you, I was in the military for a whole eight years. I joined the military in 2012. It wasn't until 2020 that she and my dad realized that when I was going out with my friends, mm-hmm. I was pouring vodka and taking it with me out to the parties and then filling it, filling the sky vodka bottle. <laughs> I said, it took you guys that long to figure it out. That's a long time ago. Um, but yeah, my parents are cool. I love them. <laughs> and it's great to hear that they're supportive now in your, in your career because you started at such a young age you started writing poetry and music at the age of six and you even know how to play the piano too correct correct you you spot on I see you did your research thank you <laughs> so what made you want to go into the army I believe it was your parents that told you that the only way you're moving back in is if you you go into the army was that right that is exactly right. How were your first days in the service? Were you worried at all? It was. Can I cuss on here? Yes, you can. <laughs> it was a shit show. It was. Um, believe it or not, 
I almost didn't make it to basic training because I went to uh, I went to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And um, before you go to basic training, there's like an admin week where you're getting all your shots. And you know, some places are different. Fort Campbell, Kentucky, just has to. It's just that base who has the drill sergeants. Um, you see the drill sergeants, and you're with the drill sergeants even before you get to actual basic training down the street. And um, I got into it with some chick. She was a. Uh, she was. I don't. I don't remember where she was from, but she was just. I don't know. She had been there too long, and she was trying to boss everybody around, and then. She started making up stories and things like that. And um, I, uh, <laughs> the drills aren't telling me. And she was like, um, you may not ship off tomorrow. We may be sending you home for destructing government property. I punched the locker because I didn't want to punch her. But she balled up her fist to try to fight me. And I'm just like, this bitch don't know I'm from Texas. I'm really about that life, you know? Uh, but anyways, they let me go to basic training down the street. And the first few weeks were rough. Um, I don't think I started crying until I was outside and it was 10 degrees and I couldn't feel my feet and my fingers and I was tired and I was hungry and um, all these spiders and bugs were just crawling on me. Um, <laughs> after, I mean, the first few weeks, it got easier. Um, I've never been a really good physical person because of physical things like push-ups, sit-ups, stuff like that. Um, so it's very challenging. And um, during my last two weeks of basic training when we were about to graduate um we were doing a live fire event where there were um live fire being shot above our head and we, were, we had to low crawl under barbed wire um when i got up i snapped my pelvis in half and uh i could barely walk i went to the doctor and he said i'm gonna have to send you home and you're gonna have to come back and start over and I told him, I said, look here, I'm not fucking starting over. I've been through hell and back. I can't, if, if I go home, I'm not coming back. That's what I told him. He was like, well, I'm going to schedule you an appointment. Yada. I don't know how I got out of the appointment, but I never went to that damn appointment. I said, I'm not going home. So the last day before we was about to graduate, I mean, I did a 12 mile ruck march and I did a, a physical fitness test with a snap pelvis. My ischial tuberosity has snapped in half, basically, and... It was, to me, I just thank God because I felt like he got me through that. <laughs> There's no way I got myself through that. It was definitely him. <laughs> was there anything positive that you took away from your time in the service? And even because America, the, the American dream, when you look at it and the racism that goes on in this country, it's not all it's made up to be. Is there anything that shaped your mind to think of America differently from being in the service as well as anything positive you took from being in the service? Um... I would say the positive thing that turned my, the, the negative things that turned my, the negative things that turned my views positive was, you know, when you aren't in the military, like a lot of people think of military people as little robots, like, oh, they're fighting for a stupid ass country that don't give a shit about us, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think people really go in, go in depth when they look at the type of jobs that people in the military are working. Like my job was a CPER and I was a chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear spe specialist. So anytime there was like um, a uh, domestic terrorism thing going on, like pe people, you wouldn't know. Like, I feel like as civilians, 
even now I feel like, you know, we're a little bit, um, we're, we're a little bit uh, selfish and not very knowledgeable that, you know, people like me walking up to a mission and you don't even know that your entire city would have been blown up that day if it wasn't for these soldiers. And, um, you know, I've seen a lot of people, you know, pick about it and laugh and say, hey, go back to the army. I hope you go to war and die. Like I've had some pretty interesting things, you know, people that people who pretty interesting things that people say have said to me, you know, in regards to the military, because maybe they feel like my rap career isn't going um, the way it should go, you know, so they, they take it as a joke, but, you know, the military members, like they really sacrifice their lives and they sacrifice their freedom. And while everybody's out here, you know, turning up in the club all week, you have people who are really like invested in um, saving this country. And though we take the small things that, the small and big things, because there are some big things that have happened you know, in the US and um, we don't realize that every day those people that, you know, are being picked on for being in the military are saving your life every day. Um, I wish a lot of people would appreciate that more, but you know, we live in a time where like social media, they don't give a shit about, you know, it's not even, it's not even, remember it used to be sexy as hell for women to be beauty and brains. Now it's not. People laugh at you when you're smart. People that they'll, they'll they make little com you know they make little comments but really they don't give a shit they they care about how your body looks what you sound like what 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 are you displaying you know on the internet and um how the way you shake your ass and how much money you got how much jewelry you have how big is your house how nice is your car um you know Instagram models the whole the whole shebang. You know, I just, I, I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the world, but then you have people like me who are talented and get overlooked because, yeah, I was in the military. So people think, oh, that's boring or they think I'm boring, but I, I feel like I'm a little bit more mature. I'm, I'm 28 years old. I look young, but I'm 28 years old and I, I was born in 93. So I was born in a different era. You know, a lot of the new, a lot of the new cats in the game, you know, are, you know, in between the ages of, 17 and freaking 23 you know what I'm saying and um I just wish that we could make being beautiful and smart great again yeah. <laughs> I see I see Megan's I see Megan's doing it and I've, I've known Megan for a while uh even before she um became really big and uh you know you have people like her and sweetie who really like they talk about they talk about you know getting your education and I, I see a lot of artists also you know giving away to college students but they're the same people who rap about fuck school fuck college but I, I don't know I, I don't know I may have just stirred up some shit but <laughs> I, you, you feel me I do. The same, I do. The, same people, the same people who give away and expect and when they go on college tours and um, they want these college students to support them are the same people who's rapping about fuck school and fuck college. And, you know, times, the, the world is evolving, but um, you never know what might happen. You know, Instagram may go away someday. We thought, we thought, we thought, uh, 
MySpace would never go anywhere. I don't know, maybe Instagram's way too evolved to go anywhere. Yeah, it might be here to stay. But you never know. No, you, know? you don't. And, and the, the society is insane right now. And if you think about it, just what you've, you've heard about just being a veteran and telling you go back into the service and die, people are really just at an all-time low. And I've even heard you say that you thought about deleting your social media at one point. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame you. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't blame you. I, I had a moment when I was being attacked by a bunch of bullies. And, you know, I expressed, I expected, I was like, you know, if I have a disagreement with another artist, I wouldn't want my fans to bully another artist. Because at the end of the day, we are all human. And we all have feelings. And I don't give a shit how much money you have or how much jewelry you have. We all have feelings, you know, we, we bleed the same, we hurt the same. And um, I just wish that, you know, supporters and fans would challenge more positive energy into negative because if, if you notice, like, even when it comes to like things like shade room, people don't give a shit about the positive. They're like, oh yeah, get it, yeah. But when the negative shit comes out, oh, they're all on it. They feed into all of this negative energy and social media has just become like one of these flashy negative negative uh, negative platforms um but who am i to say shit you know it'll <laughs> no it's true it. social media is toxic it'll never, it'll, it'll never change you'll probably get freaking worse <laughs> yeah it probably will I, i'm not even gonna schedule you on that i believe it i believe it will because it's just gone downhill since the beginning of it and, you, and you, if you really look at it it's if you look at the the totals and percentages it really affects people's mental health too for sure for sure um I mean, I know for for this year had to be one of the toughest years for me. Mm-hmm. And um, on a mental state, I know that a lot of us don't like to talk about it. And I don't like talking about it. I'm more of the type of person who I go through things and I beat myself up about it. And by the time I've totally like had enough, like I just kind of disappear because that's just how I myself handle you know when things aren't going you know when things are are not as good when things are bad let's just say that when things are bad and I feel like things are bad I beat myself up about it and I don't talk to anyone about it because I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out you know but this year was hard because you take someone who's a single mom um and she just did all this stuff before she got here to this you know this this deal and this big opportunity and just to take her away from her son her child again and she's doing everything she's supposed to be doing and she's working hard and then you just up and take that away from her and now I'm trying to figure out at the age that I am now should I continue following this dream because I know I'm talented and anything can happen or do I say fuck it and then just you know say fuck it and then just totally be dedicated to my son and say fuck my dreams and fuck 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 whatever music career that I always wanted and just say fuck it I mean if I was if I was if I didn't have any kids this would be different shit I'm gonna ride it out you know what I'm saying but the fact that I have a son it makes things more you know tedious and I have to be careful with my decisions and you know things kind of happen abruptly so um 
it's, it's been a rough year, you know, and um, I just thank God really, you know, for getting me through it. Um, I feel like these are things that I, that we do need to talk about. Um, I won't talk about, you know, things, I'm not ready to really talk about what happened because nothing really happened. And people keep asking me the same damn question every day. What happened? I'm just like, fuck, leave me alone. It was almost a year ago. Leave me alone, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm just kind of, you know, taking it for what it is. And, you know, I, I gain supporters every day. And I'm hoping that my story will um, encourage others to, you know, not be afraid to open up and not be afraid that people aren't going to like you and call you boring if you be you and not be someone that, that, you know, just for Instagram and the media. Um, I don't know. People call me boring all the time. I don't give a shit. I know I'm the life of the damn party. When you go out, I'm the life of the party. So they can kiss my behind. <laughs> <laughs> when, they, when they don't know you, they'll say anything because they want to get to know you, I guess, right? <laughs> yes, that's a, and that's all that matters. I did want to bring up something important that would raise awareness on this because you read these things all the time within the, the military and the army about the female soldiers and these assault cases. Were there anything that you've witnessed that seems sketchy during your time in the service? And how can these things come to light eventually and even be resolved? Mm -hmm. um, I myself <clears throat> never experienced that when I was in the military. However, I was in charge of lots of soldiers. I was an NCO, you know, and Um, I had a friend that was falsely accused. Um, he's a male. Um, one thing I will say is that just like every other system, most times in sexual assault and rape cases, in sexual harassment and rape cases, uh, um, most of the time they side with the woman and there's a lot of innocent men. And I'm not just saying black men, I'm saying there's a lot of innocent, any color, ethnicity men who are not at fault and you ruin their life when you lie. Um, after dealing with, you know, cases where the tables were turned and finding out it wasn't the guy, it was the girl, um, it made me look at things in a different light because I mean, you, you know, you bring that up and uh, now in the industry, there's random, cases coming out oh so-and-so sexually assaulted me raped me i am not saying that anyone's a liar but what i am saying is that just like the system is fucked up for child support and fathers the system's also fucked up when it comes to you know these type of situations i really don't like to to, to really speak on it because you know I, I feel like if anything were to happen to me and i was telling the truth and people thought i was lying i'd be pissed but there's also people who lie, both male and both female. And, you know, I really don't have shit to say. They just gonna have to deal with that when they uh, clock out of this world and they gotta go, they gotta go face the big man. They're gonna have to deal with it, deal with it then. But I feel, but I do feel like anybody who has experienced that and, you know, may feel, you know, down or alone or scared to talk to somebody. I, I, really recommend that they should talk to someone um and yeah just you know 
get help. You shouldn't, you should, you should, we, we shouldn't live in a world where we're afraid to talk about things that we go through. And unfortunately we do because people feel like it'll A, either hurt their career. And some people have different, you know, vendettas. So um, that's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to shed <laughs> some There's a lot of shit that goes on in the military that is, that is freaking wacko and crazy out of this world that I've seen or heard. So, um, I mean, being in for eight years and being an NCO and in charge of a bunch of different, you know, soldiers, you see and hear all types of shit. I'm not saying my... I wasn't the best out of the bunch when I first joined the army. Let's just say that I worked hard, but I was free. So I did free things, but then I became an adult and I became a mom and I became a wife and I changed. So, you know, it changes you. Just be ready to handle the civilian world when you get out because I was not ready. And I didn't, I just, I, I didn't have patience anymore. In the military, you don't have patience. You get out here in the real world and like people expect you to have patience. I just want things to freaking happen like this, but I know that, you know, in the real world, it doesn't happen that way. Unfortunately, it doesn't. And you ranked up pretty quickly. You started out as an E3, you moved up pretty quickly. Then you eventually graduate from the military. You get out. You're living in Seattle at the time. I was. Yeah. Then eventually <laughs> you relocate to Atlanta. You pursue the music. You went to a music school out there. I did. I um I went to AIM. But I was only at AIM for like a month. And then Gucci kept calling. He was like, yeah, she need to go to Temple. She need to go record. And I was, I was just like, well, I can't record here. So I had to drop out of school. <laughs> <laughs> I had to drop out of school. And like, that makes me think of things now, right? So, um, what do I say? It's, I'm not saying it's hard to make money out here as a, as, a, as a rapper, but when you're not on the top of the top and you don't have a lot of sponsorships and things like that, you know, things get rough. I'm lucky I get a retirement check every year. You know, I feel like this is something that we should talk about because a lot of artists, you know, walk around here acting like, you know, they got all this money and they got it, but I know it's hard out here, you know, I, I, I get, I get, you know, extra incomes because of, you know, being in the service, you know, but, um, where was I getting at with this story? Shit, I forgot. Um, I think what I was getting at is that sometimes you have to, oh, I know what it was. I was thinking, do I go back to doing, you know, shit that really make it makes the most money until I get to the point where and then it's hard because you can't just pick up and leave whatever work you're doing and say hey I have a show I gotta go hey I have a host and I have to go I have to fly out hey I'm gonna be on tour for a week um so I can come to work <laughs> um that's that's one thing that really I've been thinking about a lot too as well as that and also you know being able to have my son with me full time um it's just a little hard because I never know what's popping up what what I have to do um so 2021 well 2021 is like no sorry 2022 is gonna be my year to where like I really like ask myself what the hell do you really want and how long are you gonna set how long are you going to set these goals 
And if you don't reach them by a certain time, what is your next step? Um, I feel like this is this is me being an, an adult. You know, it's not me giving up. It's me being an adult and it's me taking care of my responsibilities. And I have a responsibility and that's my child. Um, I know a lot of people don't really talk about it. I always wonder, you know, what a lot of artists who have kids do do to make money outside of being a rapper. And I don't know, I just be wondering, like, do people be working jobs, like full-time jobs? Like, how they make your money? Because exactly. you're not really getting any shows and you're not really, you're not really doing any hostings, you're not doing like any big sponsorships. How the hell are y'all out here making money? Good um, question. I feel like I feel like the OGs need to talk about shit like that. Now, I'm not saying I'm an OG, but um, they call me young because I'm younger than them. But I feel like the OG should be educating new artists, new entertainers. They should be getting educated um, because I watch and see how when you know the career of an artist or an entertainer crumbles, when there's someone who saw it about to happen and never said anything. And I feel like we need more mentors in this industry, um, especially when it comes to the OGs. There are a few, but there aren't many. No. There aren't many. I feel like we definitely need that for sure. This will bring me into my next question because of the, the OGs. Who are some OGs that did inspire your career growing up in this music business and just pursuing a career in music? Um, I love 50 Cent. <laughs> That's my dog, but not leaving that out. You know, I don't know. I don't know him from a campaign, but just very inspiring. 50 Cent. Um, oh, geez. Oh, geez. Yeah. I would call Beyonce an OG. I don't care what nobody says. She's an OG. Um, Since we could take it to Texas, even though you're from San Antonio, Houston, you can look at Scarface. Scarface, okay, yes. Yes. Um, dang, who will? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pimp C? I grew, like, I grew up in an R&B household, so when I think of OGs, I'm thinking more of like actors and actresses. I'm not even thinking about like music OGs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we can call Nikki an OG, Lil Wayne an OG, um, Jay-Z's an OG. Um, we got all the R&B OGs. Um, you're named but, after one, Sade. Yes, yes, yes. An amazing group. You know what I actually found out? So this entire time, I don't know who posted it, but Sade is actually a group. That's right. And I didn't know that until about two months ago. Um, Sade was actually my mom's favorite singer. Well, favorite group. Yes. So that's why she named me after them. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, but Sade, another great group out there of OGs. And you're right about the mentorship. There needs to be more artists speaking out and helping the younger generations. And I, I think it's just a disconnect. I don't know what it is, but I've noticed a disconnect between not only musically, but as you say, they never speak out. It's like they just make their money. And some of them do great things as such as charity. And then other ones just don't do anything. They stay in their own little world. T.I. is definitely an OG. Yeah. Um, he, 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 he's very intellectual. Um, and 
Master P as well. So I would say my top two would definitely be Master P and um, T.I. Those are the ones that I, I remember from my era, you know, my era of hip hop and, you know, OGs who are intellectual, uh, Rick Ross as well. Um, those, those would be my top three. Uh, I feel like if, if, if artists had a lot more mentorship, a lot of them wouldn't be, you know, passing away so early and, you know, spending their entire career in jail. Um, Cause when you get a dream like this and you're making millions of dollars, like who in their right mind would want to mess all that up? And who's mentoring these young cats? You know what I mean? Like you got people who out here who would love a freaking opportunity and you take your opportunity and you throw it away. And that makes, you know, that would make anybody upset. Like, man, I'm really talented, but this person just threw their whole life away and you could have invested in me. You know what I'm saying? And um, I don't know, shit's not gonna change. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> we can't freaking change. You know, people make their own decisions at the end of the day. Most people are adults in this industry. I feel like once you touch in millions of dollars, at this point, you become a freaking adult because, you know, that's what adults do. They adults, that's called adulting responsibility. Um, but yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. You brought up before looking at OGs as actors and actresses, you actually wanna get into acting. What is it about acting that you wanna try out? Um, I just wanna try it. Um, I do. <laughs> I don't know. I just see myself doing like scary movies. Not really. Okay, I like that. Even though people think I'm funny, you know, I'd rather do like scary movies, action movies. Uh, I had this really cool idea. I haven't seen a movie about, you know, a black woman in the service that, you know, basically ends up being a POW and she has to find her way, you know, to the embassy, but through during her her way of finding herself to the getting to the embassy you know like she has all these people trying to kill her you know what I mean like um I had started writing you know a couple short short films that I wanted to do um so this year along with music um finishing up some of my short films that I was writing you know and um you know pitching it to some different directors even if I don't play the play the actress myself um you know, trying to get more, trying to get my hands in, you know, a different pot. Like music's cool, I love music. But like I said, I'm getting older and I can't sit here and do music forever. <laughs> Although I would like to, you know, I had, I had a little late start, you know what I mean? It's now it started, I have to start planning my life on how I would want it to be 10 years down the line. Like once I'm done with music, what else will, will I have done? You know, um, what else do I have set in stone? I think it's very important, especially, you know, having my son, you know, I want him, I want him to be able to say, mom, you did that shit, you know? Like you're, you're a role model and you inspired a lot of other people in different ways and you didn't quit. My, my son uh, actually uh, messaged me tonight. And he was just like, mommy, I love you so much. And I'm so proud of you and I love your new songs. Um, he's definitely my motivation. Even though I don't really like him listening to some of my songs because I do curse a lot. But um, 
I mean, he's 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 my biggest motivation, and I gotta do what the hell I gotta do for my child. You know what I'm saying? And um, he just keeps me going. That's my little angel. So yeah, that's important, especially that he loves you and supports you. That's that means everything, especially to someone like you who's in this business and just understands the grind and the hustle, what comes from it. And with you writing your own movies and pitching it to directors, I think it would be best that you do play the part because you have experience. And that's great that you have already written these stories because they haven't been brought to the table already. So we have some new ideas coming forward. And I think 50 Cent would serve as that inspiration to you because look what he's done with power. Fifty come, bro. Let's make some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got a whole lot. I have different ideas. I just sometimes, you know, this home. I haven't met my friends. Like, move to LA. I said, you think I'm about to move to LA and be broke? I'm <laughs> <laughs> chasing the acting dream. Nah, I, let me tell you something. Let me just figure it out. I'll fly out to LA when I have to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go out there and get stuck out there you know you know there's so many different opportunities but I feel like you don't really have to move somewhere just to you know just to experience different opportunities I mean going out there for a little bit spending some time getting you know people come back and visiting you know things like that I, just it's just the same as people you know when they hit me up and they're like hey I want a feature and I'm like well all right okay you know, sometimes I ask people, what's your budget? They tell me the budget. I'm like, cool, all right, work with it. And then like, oh yeah, and then um, can we meet up so we can be in the studio together? And we're kind of, sir, ma'am, just send me the track. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't have to be there together. I can just send the MP3s and the files. But um, I mean, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's uh, Next year, I think it's going to be a really big year. It has to be. It has to make up for this year for sure because, you know, I, I don't talk much, but sometimes I do get in my moods because I feel like no one's hearing me. No one really knows my story. Nobody knows the truth. Nobody knows, you know, what it really feels like, you know, that's not in my situation. I'm not saying that other people don't go through other things, but, you know, I, I it was hard, you know, um, I don't really feel like talking about it today, but you know, maybe later on, you know, throughout next year, once I, you know, accomplish some goals and I'm ready to like, cause I don't want to dawn on everything, you know, like, um, I don't want to dawn on it. And I don't feel like I'm dawning on it. I feel like I'm, you know, taking it for what it is, which is why I don't talk about it. I just keep, keep it pushing. The main important thing is for you to just keep that positive mindset going despite what you're going through, because someone that can speak from experience of being in a down light recently, and I learned to read positive books and even journal, you should definitely look into reading in some positivity books and even journaling and manifesting what you want for your career, because I was in a dark light a few months ago, and you just get into this mindset where you're locked in the negative, you don't think anything's going to happen for you. And if you stay like that, it's you, your life is just miserable and you find yourself just nothing coming to you positively. So I think it's all about changing the mindset into positive, even though it's hard, because I know like there's times where it's hard and people are like, Oh, like you, I could be telling you this right now. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But that's how I was at a time until I finally just got out of the mind state that I was in negatively to attain positiveness. Exactly. Exactly. I definitely feel that. Yeah. Definitely.
you mentioned wanting to do some scary movies. Why scary movies? Because usually I'm the scary movie guy because I'm a big horror movie fan. Well, I'm uh, curious to hear why you want to do some scary movies. Uh, <laughs> I think it would just be fun. Um, it'd just be fun. I, I don't know. I, growing up, I hated scary movies. And now I love scary movies. Maybe that makes me like a weird freak of some sort um that I love horror movies but I think horror movies have, have become comedy these days they're not even scary um it's just um I feel like the expression and the feeling and I feel like it's easier to act in a horror movie than it is to act maybe like in a, like it's easier to act in a horror movie than it is in like a drama movie mm-hmm. for me at least because you have to be real serious and sad in a drama. Like horror movies, you just act like you're scared. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? I, I, I just want to be like this vampire or something. And I don't know. I'm, by the way, fun fact: I am obsessed with werewolves and vampires and witches. I don't know why. I like supernatural supernatural things um I've always been that way since I was growing up even though my my grandmother she never let me watch Harry Potter in her house but you know I wasn't allowed to watch those movies with my grandparents so I would snuck and watch them at home but a fun fact about me I love supernatural tv shows and movies I'm obsessed with vampires and werewolves which is I guess I don't know does that make me weird no, it doesn't. <laughs> weird are the people that think it's weird. And then the same people that call you weird have, I bet you they're hiding in their own little world. And what they, what they like. <laughs> What's your top five horror movies? Top five horror movies. Let me think. Sheesh. My mind's blank. Top five horror movies would be Children of the Corn. Oh, that's a, that's a Stephen King classic. Yes. Um, Jeepers Creepers. I like that one. There we go. Um, what are the scary movies? Are the scary movies? I like Final Destination 1. Um, I wasn't too fond of the sequels, but Final Destination 1 was one of my favorites. Um, I'm trying to think. It, for sure. Oh, that one five. Freddie versus Jason. Freddie versus Jason. Kelly Rowland was in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but have you seen the new horror movies? They're not really that no, much of horror I, anymore. I'm not big on it. A lot of it's remakes. And if you go back to, you mentioned a couple classics there in Children of the Corn and Jeepers Creepers. Those are classics. Mm-hmm. And th- those were made with pure makeup effects actual you could feel that it felt real where movies today they, they don't feel they have that same effect anymore you know they're um coming out with a new jeepers creepers this year Actually, I heard about that. is it next year next year jeepers next creepers year? reborn okay yeah 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 yeah. i wasn't very fun of the new candy man i was confused i didn't know what was going on i wasn't scared it didn't scare me it wasn't funny it was confusing and but it's, I don't, I wonder if that's why it took, cause you know, during COVID, Candyman was supposed to come out, 
I think what last year or something like that, it never came out. And I don't know if they kind of just wrapped up the movie and said, F it, we're just gonna put it out as is, but yeah, they could have redid that one. Yeah, nothing will beat the original. Hopefully casting director does not. Mr. Director, Mrs. Director, please don't take any offense to that. I'm so sorry. Just let's find a way to make it better. That's it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so we got the horror movies covered. Mm-hmm. Gucci Mane, has he reached out about the new album, Jukebox? Fuck no. No? No. Well, don't talk too much. He's just... I don't know. That man right there, he's... He's like that weird... He's like that weird uncle from the family who just like pops up every once in a while and like he may or may not say something. You know, just that that uncle that like just that does their own thing. Um, no, I mean they haven't. Nobody has over there at all. But to be honest, I don't give a shit. And I'm just being honest, you know, I, I did that project on my own and I worked hard and I'm not saying that my talent would go unnoticed. I'm not saying that maybe nobody listened to it, but, you know, and I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't give a shit. Um, I know, I know I bust my ass. I, I thank my manager. I thank my team, um, the people that I'm working with now. Um, not a new label or anything like that, but um, the people that's basically part is like my management team and uh, they've, you know, they, they inspire me and they push me and, you know, have got me into, you know, different situations and things like that. So one thing I am going to say, I support who support me. And for a long time, I was supporting motherfuckers who wasn't supporting me. And now it's time for me to support my damn self instead of supporting everybody else when I'm not getting that same love back. And people can take it how the fuck they want to take it, to be honest. I feel like I say nothing wrong. If you don't support me, why the hell am I out here acting like I'm going to support you? No, I'm going to unfollow you. We don't talk. You don't support me. So, bye. You know what I mean? You can't make nobody, you can't make nobody, you can't make nobody love you. It's almost the same thing with Erica. People, Erica Banks, people wasn't really supporting her until she got one song that popped off on TikTok and then the song blows up and then now all of a sudden all y'all want to support her just because someone else is co-signing her and now because she's above you and above other female artists, now other female artists want to support her. And that happens in the game. That's exactly why, you know, I feel like, you know, Nikki, you know, acts the way she acts. Or, you know, Kim acts what she acts. Or, or, or Cardi acts what she acts. Megan acts the way she acts. Because people don't, people don't really support you until they have no choice but to support you. Because if they don't support you, they're going to look like they hate you. And they don't want to be the person that's looking like they hate you. So they have to, you know, get on the bandwagon and start supporting you um, so people won't think that they're a hater. You know, it's, it's sad that we come to that. I feel like the guys, you know, they support each other a lot. You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, look at look at Pushaisi's run, right? Pushaisi got signed. Ryan Pushaisi got signed. He immediately started doing songs with Moneybag. Little baby, you know, all these cats. 
you know? And then you look at the females. Like, females don't just come off the back with a big feature like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, not with a male or, or not with a male or a female. People, they don't just come out the back <laughs> swinging with dope features, you know, things like that. Um, it's almost like you got to really prove yourself that you can stand your ground alone before you get get to, to things like that. Um, look at Lotto, right? Lotto did that. Lotto had to prove her ground and stand her ground and, you know, come up on her own without big features before people took her seriously. You know what I mean? Um, shoot, same thing with Megan. It's the same thing with a, a lot of artists, you know, really standing your ground. Well, with, with female artists, really standing your ground until, you know, people like really realize it and then, you know, you blow up and then everybody's on your ass and everybody's a fan after that, right? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem at all. Of course, I wanted to bring that up. You mentioned that you're recovering from COVID. I'm glad that you are recovering. How was this experience that many people are experiencing out there right now? Um, COVID was shitty. First two days it was crappy, um, especially because it was you know Thanksgiving week, and um, my mom isn't in the best of health, so I put you know her at risk. So I brought it with me from Houston. I didn't know I had it until not, it was literally I was there for a whole week. I was feeling fine. And then about the fifth day, I just crashed. And, you know, my sister was pregnant and she went into labor and I never got to hold my, my new niece. And <laughs> it was hard because my mom definitely quarantined me and put me in a room for almost three weeks. And I couldn't even leave the room. I had to get room service. Um, that was the best part about it. Um, but uh, everybody in my at my mom's house got re got tested and things like that. So everybody's good, it was just me. And they have the COVID vaccine. Um, I've actually been thinking about getting it. Uh, I'm not sure yet. At this point, I feel like, you know, being in the military, I've gotten every shot in the world. So a damn COVID shot is not gonna hurt me. No. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be a We're getting things like anthrax. Who walks around and say, did you get your anthrax shot? You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have to get doses of it every year. Uh, so I feel like, fuck it, might as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you're, you're recovering and that your family's good and that congratulations on your, your niece being born. Thank you, thank you. She's so cute. Yeah. She's definitely so cute. My sister did a good job. She did a good job. I'm done though. So yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope y'all never expect any more kids. I got my son. He's seven. I don't want any more kids. I don't blame you. I'm still trying to chase this dream and spend time with the one I have. You know what I'm saying? I don't want any more kids. Yeah. Stay goal focused. My 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 son asked me every once in a while, he's like, mommy, I want a sister. I'm not, no the hell you don't. <laughs> I'm not starting over, sorry. So, so whoever my lucky man is, you know, years to come, I hope he, I hope he already has kids. That way we don't have to have it. <laughs> Does that sound selfish? <laughs> not really, because you, you're pursuing a career in this and you understand that you just need to focus on your son that you have right now. And, and, and that's enough for you right now to handle. So especially with pursuing this career that you have now, you need, you don't need anything else on your plate. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure. Kayshade, is there anything else you would love to let the audience know, your listeners know, your fans know, anything upcoming? I know you have some visuals on the way. Anything else? Um, that's a wrap. Please, anyone, don't take anything that I said out of context. If you need to, you need to explain what I was trying to say, I'll explain it. But knowing y'all, y'all gonna take shit wrong with it and make it something that it's not. All I'm saying is make sure you tag me so I can be ready to get you straight, okay? Um, shout out to DJ. <laughs> Mad Max, thank you for having me. Uh, shout out to all my supporters. Keep streaming Jukebox. I got some visuals dropping. Um, and I did a lot of singing on this project, but the single starting at the top of the year, I'm going to give y'all some more rap, some more um, hip hop. Uh, I'm really excited. I just thank all my supporters and thank my family and my friends, you know, for being there through, you know, a really tough year. But um, I'm blessed. Continue to stay blessed. Bless everyone. Um, I know y'all can find me on Instagram at Keisha Day, the one and only. Shout out again to DJ Man Max. I'm out. Thank you. I appreciate you joining me on the show here tonight. You're always welcome. I have jukebox in the rotation. Enjoy the holiday season, the new year, and I look forward to everything that you achieve in the next year and you getting through this whole negative thing that you're going through right now because I understand what it's like to be in a negative state and you will overcome it. For sure, for sure. Thank you. Yes, no problem. Enjoy the rest of your night, all right? You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah,